Having a baby is a dramatic event in so many ways, right? Your body adjusts and changes so much during your pregnancy. And now you've given birth, you need to ensure you take care of you and do what you can to return to normality. For many women, issues such as bladder incontinence, pelvic floor weakness or prolapse occur and it's a difficult time. In this episode of First Time Mums Chat, I'm speaking with Tony Luff, a personal trainer and author of Getting to the Core of Postpartum Fitness. Tony talks about specific exercises you can use to retrain your natural system of core strength and bladder control. I hope you enjoy the insights that Tony shares and listen till the end to find out where you can get her ebook and videos. I'm infant massage instructor Helen Thompson. Hello and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. Being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged four weeks to 10 months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage. So let's do this together. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please contact a medical practitioner if you are concerned or have any medical issues. Welcome Tony to First Time Mum. I'm delighted to have you here. I've been looking forward to having a chat to you about your ebook, and I will let you tell us about that and what your passion is and what got you started writing your ebook. Excellent. Thank you for having me, Helen. I appreciate it. The the ebook is called Getting to the Core of Postpartum Fitness. And I put it out there to try to make this type of training as accessible for any mom wherever she is, because there are two foundational steps that I, I really go on and on and on as far as what we can do in our daily lives and in our workouts. But I came to this work based on personal experience that I had after I had my bladder incontinence issues that I had that I go into a little bit more in the book about the details of the worst of it for me, that really what it did was it put me in such a place of not knowing what my body was doing, not knowing what to do to to help my body. Uh, And it kind of halted my life for a time. I stopped working out. I stopped doing all these things that are good for us. And it got me on the path to figuring out what was it that my body needed? Was there information out there? And thankfully, I found that there was how to incorporate that into my life and into my activity. And then I just started, it was working for me. And so over the last several years, as a personal trainer, I've specialized in working with moms because of my own experience. And Mm -hmm. it's been really helpful because so many moms go through the same thing, whether it's the bladder incontinence or the diastasis, which is the separation in the ab muscles, or prolapse, or just core weakness. Like there's just so many possible lingering effects from postpartum that I found that the stuff that I was learning was helping to address so many other things that my clients were experiencing as well. 
Mm. No, well, I think that's good because so many mums have gone through things and they think, help, what's wrong with me? Why am I suffering from this? I never had this before. And if they don't know what it is and how they can do it, well, having a book like yours is obviously a great way to help them to do that. So thank you for putting out a book for first-time mums because it comes from first-hand experience. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. I've had a glance at your book and you have 10 chapters. Mm-hmm. And I've actually had a very good look at it, and they're all about breasts and posture and stress and pelvic floor dysfunction and so many other things. I noticed with your with the breath, I just wanted to ask you, what are some of the benefits of whole body breathing? Because I know that's something that I need to do, and I know my whole body breathing is not as good as it could be. So what are some of the things I can do to improve that, and what are the benefits? Sure, absolutely. That's a great question. And a really good point to make is that so many people do what is called dysfunctional breathing or stress breathing and don't necessarily fall into these categories of the postpartum physical conditions. I mean, men can have the dysfunctional stress breathing. And that's really where we just kind of breathe in our higher chest. So I teach the opposite of that in the book. And so stress breathing, we tend to have like neck and back, upper back, or even chest issues. And it's just kind of a short, more shallow breath. Then what I teach in that whole body breathing is to get with your nice, good posture, right? So you're nice and tall and you've got lots of access to your torso, essentially. And the whole body is taking nice, big, deep breaths and trying to feel the lower belly expand first. And then the ribs and chest. And it can be surprisingly difficult, particularly Mm. for a postpartum mom where, say, you know, the lower belly muscles, you just might not have the nerves firing, right? You might not even feel the movement quite so much. And so I often tell my clients to try at night at bedtime after the kids have gone to bed. So you've got some nice, quiet time to really relax. Because if you think a child's going to come and jump on you immediately, you know, there's always a little bit of... Mm. tension there and to start doing it with laying down and a good kind of tangible clue or hint that I give is to put your hand on your chest and then a hand on your lower belly so you've got both hands on the front of you and then try to see if you can make the lower belly hand move before the upper hand that's on the chest and it can be a little bit of a mind game but Mm, once you get it then you get it And so on the exhale, it's the same thing. So on the inhale, you inhale, the lower belly expands first, and then the upper hand does. The ribs are obviously part of the breath. And then on the exhale, try to exhale with the lower hand contracting first, and then the upper hand. And so it's really a timing thing that we work on, like I said, after bedtime, we work on it. In times of stress, if you're stressed sitting at your desk, we work on it in daily habits when you're brushing your teeth or when you're in the shower. And then we also work on it with exercise, working that type of breathing into our workouts. And then it starts to really stick, you know, when you're doing it in all of those times. I've just tried it while you were doing that. And I I find it quite hard to do because I'm so used to my tummies going out Mm -hmm. rather than going in. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've always found that quite hard to do. So I'm going to practice that at home, I think. Practice it starting laying down. Because as soon as we're sitting up or standing, some of our muscles are engaged just to hold us upright. 
right? And so when we're laying down, then you begin to have a little bit more access. Also, one of the hints that I give that is is not original for me, I got it from Dr. Sarah Ellis Duvall. She's amazing in postpartum health. But to take your tongue off the top of your mouth when you're trying to relax through the lower belly, through the pelvic floor, because there actually is an embryological connection between the two. And so if there's tension in the jaw, then oftentimes there's tension in the pelvic floor and lower belly and vice versa. And so then if it's relaxed through the jaw, through the tongue, through the mouth, then you have more access to the musculature through the pelvic floor and the uh, lower abs. But again, always, always try to start the first time laying down just because it makes it much, much easier. And if you don't take your tongue off the top of your mouth, even if it's relaxed on the top of your mouth, but oftentimes this is one of those really funny things that you're like, you probably never thought about what your tongue is doing throughout the day. But oftentimes it's probably kind of pushed up towards the top of your mouth over the next few days. See if you find it there because oftentimes it is. And so Mm, just get it in a relaxed state, either on the top of your mouth or on the bottom of your mouth. It's interesting because when you see people pushing bikes up the hill, you see people actually sticking their tongue out. Mm. I don't know if that's got anything to do with what you're saying. I just thought of that. Yeah, that is really interesting that you say that. I actually just in the last few weeks saw an article and I didn't read it. I'm interested in the the thinking of that about the, the athletes that stick their tongue out when they're performing their sport. Yeah. And that is something I would like to delve further into. So you mentioned a bit about posture. Here's me sort of sitting slouched up. I'm trying to sit up straight, observing what you're doing. So posture is something I know I'm bad at because I get a lot of lower back pain. Mm -hmm. And I notice that when I sit up and I lift my, my leg up behind my back, it stretches the muscles in my leg. And I actually feel a lot better from that. So What tips have you got on posture, particularly for postpartum? Yeah, the very first thing that I say about posture is to try standing nice and tall through your neck. And so once we do that, we've got the curvatures, the natural curvatures in our spine. Once we do that, we kind of get those more into the position that they're supposed Mm -hmm. to be in and more aligned. And so it kind of creates a good base of alignment through the whole spine, which is through the shoulders, through the ribs. So that is the very first thing that I do is just tell people to try to stand tall through the neck and you bring your chin in just a little bit. Not so much that you're at double chin because nobody wants to walk around like that, but that your chin is the opposite of jutting out. And that is a major problem with posture is because we tend to kind of jut out, you know, when we sit a lot, we kind of go into that slouch position. When our shoulders slouch, our chin kind of comes forward a little bit more, and that creates the same action at the pelvis, actually. So then we're kind of creating a C out of our spine Mm. because we're forward at the jaw, and then we're kind of tucked at the pelvis. And so there's a lot that you can do as far as integrating. We do a lot of habit awareness through the book and, again, integrating it in our workouts. But the very first thing you want to do is go tall through the neck, bring the chin in just a little bit. So you're the opposite of the jutting chin. And then you just kind of relax your shoulders down away from your ears because that kind of tight stress breathing that we were talking about kind of causes our shoulders to raise up just a little bit. And so you're trying to relax your shoulders and bring them away from your ears. And then I've got some videos um, as part of the book that really talk about where you're finding your rib cage for your neutral, for your natural position and for your pelvis. And so it can be a little bit different for everybody, but I've got the the really quick short video on posture in the book and it's tools for how to use your hands 
to find your neutral. It's kind of confusing if you're just listening to it. But with the video, again, I'll like show you where to put your hand on your body, on your hips, on your ribs to kind of find where your neutral is. With the videos, I think that would be a great tip, especially for people like me who who need to be handheld when it comes to getting my body into the right position. Because I'm very aware of my own body, but sometimes if somebody's telling me to do something, my body doesn't quite understand what it's got to do. Yeah, absolutely. And you're so not alone. You know, we just get accustomed and our body gets accustomed to what we do on a daily basis. And so really getting it out of that can really make your nervous system go, wait, what? What are you Mm -hmm. trying to tell me to do? I have no idea what you're trying to tell me to do. And that just makes it more difficult. And so that's what I have found with training these women over the years is you have to be able to feel it in your own body. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the the cues, I cue a lot in the videos. And I say, you know, I'm trying to get in your head so that you hear the cues. It's the same cues. It's the tall through the neck, shoulders away from the ears, rib cage lined up over your pelvis, mm-hmm. pelvis in neutral. You know, and I just say it over and over and over again. But then we'll also give, you know, where to poke on the body. This is where we want you to be poking externally to kind of turn it on internally. Mm -hmm. And so we'll walk through that stuff too. So there's a posture specific video, a breathing specific video, and then there's the eight weeks of exercise videos and then a couple other tips and tricks and cores and that type of thing. Yeah, I actually printed out the breathing one because I thought when I looked at it, I've got to practice this. Yeah. So I printed that page out. I haven't started yet, but I thought I'd have a chat to you first and then start. So I'll give you feedback to how I've gone with it. Stress is always one that mums have as postpartum. It's one of those things that I know people say, oh, I'm not stressed. I'm feeling fine. But I know from experience of speaking to mums, I know stress can be a, a big one. Yeah. And especially after having a baby and you're going through all this, you're going through all the problems with the the bladder, whatever else you're going through, stress on top of that can be hard. How can we be more aware of our stress levels to help with our lives? Because I think that's a huge one. Yeah, it is. It's such a big thing. And like you said, there's just so much to think about. And so if you're adding the physical stress on top of the daily stress mm, and the no mm. sleep stress and the feeding stress and, you know, yes. all of that stuff, it just gets to be so overwhelming and then things have to go, right? And so then you're no longer, well, fine, I'm just going to back burner the bladder incontinence or I'm going to back burner this, the workout, it, because you have to focus on things like the feeding and the sleeping, right? So I absolutely, uh, totally, I was there. I get it. And, you know, the self-care sometimes even gets a bad rap now because we do hear so much about it. So people are had enough. Fine. Don't tell me anymore about self-care. And so I try to make it as simple as possible. Add in one tiny little thing. If it's 10, 20 minutes, something short and small a week that is some self-care. If it's a bath, if it's taking time to read or a nap or something along those lines, because there are so many benefits to being able to have even a short period of time to yourself. But the interesting thing about the breathing is that the breathing, if you're doing the whole body breathing, it kicks on your parasympathetic system, which is our rest, restore, relax, and regrow system. And so if you are in the midst of a temper tantrum on no sleep while everybody's hungry, being able to have that resource, that tool of the deep breathing to be able to calm you down in the moment, I have found personally 
is just absolutely invaluable because it just gets you and your tiny little centered space a little bit more calm. I mean, there have been times, it was funny actually, when my somebody was younger and having the temper tantrum. <laughs> okay, you go over there. I'm going to go over here. I need to take a breath. I'm taking my breathing and I'm calming myself down. And then I would say, you know, you need to take your deep breaths. And there were a few years there where he would go, <laughs> purposely, purposely showing me the quick and stressed breathing. <laughs> like, no, nice. I'm not going to do your deep breathing. I'm only going to do the stress breathing. So it's funnier now than it was at the yes. moment. But it does work because I've had kids who've had temper tantrums. And I've had 20 kids not having temper tantrums, but just asking constant questions when I'm trying to do something else and I've just cut them all down and I said look let's just have a breathing exercise or let's just have a stress-free time and sit down and have a breathe or, or do this like the head shoulders knees and toes and I just do it really slowly I don't say anything I just sit there and it really diffuses completely because they're relaxing because it's taking their mind off things and they're just totally yeah. relaxing Absolutely. And in that temper tantrum or stress moment or whatever it is, we're in the fight or flight mode. We're mm, in the yes. sympathetic, right? And you can't be in both modes at the same time. So no. if you're living in that stressed cortisol, sympathetic state in the moment, then once you start doing the breathing and the parasympathetic, which is the opposite, the balancing aspect of it, kicks on with the breathing, mm -hmm. then it has to bring down the stress. That's just the function of the body. That's what it will do. And so it'll bring down that sympathetic system and kind of get them more into a balance. And it does that. There's a vagus nerve, which is, goes from the brain all the way to most of the internal organs. And when you take these deep breaths, if you're able to get the the rib cage and the lower abdomen working, and we want the back and the ribs, it is a whole body breathing, then it triggers the vagus nerve to release calming hormones and chemicals throughout all those organs that it's connected to. So it's a hardwired function of the body for the breath to be able to be a stress reliever. It's interesting you talk about the vagus nerve because I teach baby massage and the okay. vagus nerve comes up a lot and I knew it was to do with the breath but you've, expla you've explained it in a lot more detail for me so now when I teach I'll be able to explain that a lot more so thank you you've given me a good tip on that one i appreciate that yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's impressive body is all connected if we listen to our bodies and we communicate with our bodies we learn so much the other one i wanted to talk to you about is the pelvic floor dysfunction because i know that your pelvic floor even before giving birth even before you're pregnant your pelvic floor is so important. And so many people say to me, oh, you need to work on your pelvic floor muscles. Is it to do with bladder incontinence and core weakness and all that? Is that what the pelvic floor dysfunction is all about? The pelvic floor dysfunction is a broad term for a lot of things that can be going on with the pelvic floor, whether it's weak muscles or overly tight muscles, or if it's a prolapse or any number of issues through the pelvic floor. The pelvic floor is intimately connected with the core as well, so they're affected by each other all day, every day. And so the interesting thing about pelvic floor dysfunction is that oftentimes we're told, say, for bladder incontinence, or we assume, whether we're told or not, that it is because we have a weak pelvic floor. 
because we gave birth, or like you said, it can absolutely happen even prior to giving birth or pregnancy. And what often happens is our pelvic floor, because of that embryological connection with the mouth, it holds a lot of our stress. So if we're clenching our teeth because we're stressed, then most of the time our pelvic floor is also in an overly tight, clenched, if you will, position. And so with the whole body breathing, we want the ribs, we want the abs, the lower abs, the back, the side ribs, and the pelvic floor to expand, be able to expand and relax, and then also contract on command, on our command. And so if you've got an overly tight pelvic floor, it can be really hard to just begin and do that. And that's where the tips like taking your tongue off the top of your mouth, doing it at night when you're laying down, and then begin to see if on the inhale, if you can get nice relaxation through the pelvic floor. And so this isn't just Kegels. And that's where a lot of people think, oh, if I have any type of pelvic floor dysfunction, if I do Kegels, which is a contraction of the pelvic floor, then I'll be fine and everything's great. Well, if you're contracting an already contracted muscle, you're not going to get anything else out of it. Mm-hmm. It can't contract. And it, there's only so far it can contract. And so if you're trying to do Kegels to contract, then you're getting nothing more from it and can sometimes, you know, cause more pain if that's one of your symptoms. And so when we integrate the breathing and the posture with the exercises and put it all together in a whole body, then we can relax an overly tight pelvic floor and then contract a weak pelvic floor. So we get the muscles to do the function that they're supposed to be able to do and fully relax and fully contract. And so I know it can start to sound a little bit technical when we're just talking about it, but yeah. again, with the videos, that's why I go step by step. As I recall, I don't think it's a Kegel specific video. I think it was in one of Tip's videos, but I do go over Kegels and how to integrate them with the breathing so that you can get the most out of them. Because there is there actually quite a bit more to them than just stopping the flow of urine or whatever it is that some doctors say to do for them. Um, So yeah, the breathing and the posture, it's interesting. I know I just keep coming back to it, but it is so foundational. Those are the two things really that, because if you're not in good posture, you oftentimes won't have access anyway to the pelvic floor muscles. If you're in what's considered a posterior pelvic tilt, it kind of squishes the pelvic floor muscles together. So they're not going to respond to your signal of relax and contract quite the same way as they would if your posture was nice and tall and your pelvis was in neutral. So I walk through all of it through the video. So I do give some step-by-step through the content of the book because you know everybody learns differently, right? And so there are step-by-steps in the content, but then in the videos, I walk you through it through the relaxing, through the breathing, when and how to breathe, on what movements and, and what it feels like and, and where to poke to make sure that you can feel it in the correct spot. So yeah, I try to make it as um, accessible and understandable as possible. What are some of the common postpartum conditions that we haven't discussed that some mom might be going through and she might not know what they are? Well, because bladder experience was my experience and it's also the number one thing that clients come to me for, bladder incontinence is the one that I do tend to talk the most about, like we have done. And then the the diastasis is the separation of the abdominal muscles that everybody's body has to go through in order to make room for the baby. And it just depends on if it goes back together afterward. 
you, you can have a good indication of whether or not you have it if when you're laying down and you try to do like a, a small crunch up, like a sit-up, if there's a, a tent or a doming-looking action through the middle of your abdomen, then uh, that's a good indication that you might have a diastasis that's lingering. And we address that in the book. And then prolapse is part of the pelvic floor dysfunction when organs actually start to descend through you know, the rectum, the cervix, mm-hmm. the vaginal canal. And th- that is really the big subject, I guess I would say, because yeah, there are of course. degrees yeah, to it. If somebody has a lesser degree prolapse, then absolutely they can do the the exercises in the book and the the higher degrees of the prolapse, I do tend to recommend out for pelvic floor physical therapy, which I do recommend for everybody if they have access to it. (laughs) Pelvic floor physical therapy after pregnancy is amazing in what you were talking about earlier in with the awareness and then knowing if you have a pelvic floor that's more weak or do you have a pelvic floor that's more on the overly tight kind of spectrum of it. So I highly recommend that. No, And then the core weakness. So my pelvic floor, I don't think it's brilliant, but I don't think I've got a really weak one because I think if I did, I'd be having bladder incontinence. I'm going to check your book out and just see what I need to do so I can understand what's going on. And I'm looking forward to looking at your videos. Excellent. That's fantastic. Yeah, I appreciate the feedback. I love it. I'll definitely give you feedback because I think it's also good for other mums to have the feedback. We've covered a lot of ground here. And so are there any final postpartum tips and tricks you know the message that I try to get out most to moms is that it can be done so often we hear this is just what happens after you have a baby and you just have to live with whatever the consequences are you know you can have a knee surgery and get more physical therapy than you do after having had a baby and so because so many moms just kind of live with it and once you feel like this is just what you have to live with it then that can create such a space of despair and sadness and there's a lot of other things that can then become associated with that such as like the postpartum depression and that type of thing and so the main message that I try to get out to moms is just there is something that you can do there's always something that you can do whether it gets you a hundred percent cured or even 80 percent cured or 60 it's better it can be something there can be improvement and so just don't despair and don't don't give up don't throw in the towel and sometimes if you've got three kiddos under the age of five sometimes you do have to wait a second right like sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to focus on the task at hand and I've had clients that have said right now is not the time for me I will do it maybe in six months or a year try to set a date in the future that is a time when you feel that you'll be more able to address the symptoms going on through your body but do know that you don't have to live with them forever there is something you can do so I've, you've given us so many wonderful tips about your book and you've told us so many things about it. So if somebody listening wants to get in touch with you, how do they do that? So the Getting to the Core of Postpartum Fitness is the name of the ebook. It's available on Amazon Kindle. It's also available at my website. My website is Mom Home Fitness. The URL is mom at home fitness, all spelled out. I'm on Facebook, Mom Home Fitness, and then on Instagram at mom underscore home underscore fitness. And if you don't have an Amazon Kindle, it has to be digital because of all the videos. It can't can't be a book, obviously. I know there are apps for iPhones that you can download so that you can read a Kindle, but then you can also get a PDF at my website. Thank you so much, Tony. I've learned so much from you and thank you so much for being on this podcast. And 
I look forward to reading your book and giving you some feedback. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate being on the podcast and any and all feedback. (laughs) Thanks so much. Tony shared some great tips and exercises you can do to help with your postpartum healing. You will have gathered from my comments during the interview that I'm going to be working through Tony's course and videos to help me improve my posture. You can get Tony's eight-week program for foundational core and pelvic floor strengths, getting to the core of postpartum fitness from her website. And the details are in the show notes at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash 042. I've also included links to Tony's Facebook and Instagram pages for you. I am really passionate about First Time Mums Chat and providing a weekly resource that helps parents who are new to the whole world of parenting and I want to hear from you. I warmly welcome questions and feedback and comments on my podcast episodes. I am always on the lookout to interview mums who are doing amazing things. Now. If you're really serious about building a magical bond with your baby and enhancing your confidence as a new parent, I've got just the thing. It's my four simple baby massage routines cheat sheet. Just go here to get your hands on it. Mybabymassage.net forward slash baby massage routines. So please reach out by sending me an email at support at mybabymassage.net. And once again, thank you so much for listening.